Thanks, Gene. And um, just a little uh, teaser of things to come next Sunday. Gene will be um, uh, preaching for us and leading us from God's word of how to experience God's security even in the time of grief. Uh, so we look forward to that also. But now, as we look again at security today, first we get to hear from Catherine Sanders as she brings us our children's uh, sermon for both the young in age and the young in heart. We all know what our parents expect from us, right? If you attend school, your teacher went over all the rules letting you know what is expected of you. Well, when we accept Jesus into our lives, there are things that God expects from his children too. God wants us to love him, to honor him, and to obey his commandments. He also wants us to tell everyone we know that God loves them. And Acts 1.8, which reads, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. God wants us to tell our friends, our classmates, and even people in other countries about him. We all have testimonies. When we give a testimony telling people what God is doing in our lives, no matter how big or small it is. Telling them how God answered our prayers. God don't want us to have an attitude like, well, I'm going to heaven. I don't care if my friends or families or people I don't know go to heaven. No, God wants everyone to go to heaven. If you are afraid to tell people about Jesus, You are not alone. I am afraid sometimes because I am not sure if they will listen to me. But God gives us his spirit, his Holy Spirit, to empower us, which means to make us strong and bold to speak up and to speak out, telling people that God, what God means to us, sharing with others what we believe about God, and sharing what we have heard from people that we trust. They have told us what God has done in their lives. We are secure in God's love. And as I said before, we can ask the Holy Spirit to help us to speak up, to speak boldly to people telling them that God loves them. And he wants all of us to love honor and obey him no matter where we are we when we are at school when we're at the doctor's office or shopping we can tell our aunts your uncles your cousins and your friends and you can tell them that God loves you And so today, as we continue on uh, this journey of exploring our security and how it, it frees us, as Catherine just shared, uh, to, to share his love with others, uh, what we'll see today as we, we look at our eternal security, 
Uh, that, that, and by eternal, I don't just mean we're secure for eternity. We're secure now. Eternal security means um, that we, we have eternal life even now. And, and that eternal security that God gives us ensures three different kinds of security that we'll look at today. One, uh, job security. We, we will always have job security through the power of the Holy Spirit within us. We will always have meaningful, purposeful work because of the Holy Spirit's gifts within us. We also have investment security. Uh, for some folks, you, you move beyond job security. That's no longer a concern. But a real concern is your investment security. Or is that secure? Well, in the Holy Spirit, our investments are secure. And then finally, uh, eternal security means we have life security. We have that we live with God now and forever. So let's let's jump into to God's word and explore how in, in the Holy Spirit we have job security, investment security and life security. Let's let's pray together. Gracious God, thank you for your written word as it speaks to us of your truth. Now enable us, uh, empower us, open our hearts, our minds to hear and receive your word and then empower our feet and hands and mouths to do uh, what you are calling us to do. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, uh, first passage I want to look at is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through uh, 7. And it's Paul's writing a letter to the church in Corinth and talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit who gives gifts to all the people um, who are believers in, in, in the church in, in Corinth and around the world. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Now, uh, what's uh, the key key point in this uh, passage here is that God, through the Holy Spirit, distributes His gifts to everyone who's a follower of Jesus. Did you catch that? Everyone, each one who's a follower, has some unique, specially wrapped gifts gifts that may be their 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 talents, maybe unique personality, particular spiritual abilities. I mean, as as Paul mentioned here, he says it's a variety of services, a variety of activities, a variety of gifts. But in each every Every one of us and each one are given unique skills and abilities and gifts to in order to participate in God's work. I guess I guess I got an email right there. I hope maybe it was from God. I don't know. I don't have my phone with me, so I can't do that. Um, uh, so that each gift comes from the same Holy Spirit for the same purpose. You are part of a team. That God has gifted uniquely each person in order to fit like a puzzle perfectly together. Or, or like we just heard, you know, eight different voices coming together as one. And, and, and in so doing, as he brings those different gifts together, we, as Paul says here, manifest the, the love of God to the world. We demonstrate that love. Let's talked about this uh, last week some. That, that we as the, the body of Christ, you know, we uh, embody... The character 
of Jesus. And Paul goes on in this passage to talk about the body of Christ and saying, you know, some of you are like ears, some of you are like hands, some of you are like feet. But if the, the, the body was, was just um, feet, you, you couldn't hear the music. If the body was just ears, you, you couldn't dance to the music. So we have all these different parts fulfilling God's purpose, doing God's work of sharing God's love in word and deed to the world. Um, as, as Catherine mentioned in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, uh, we, we see um, the birth, we, we see that this is revealed in the, the first two chapters of Acts as, as the church first starts. I mean, Jesus is with the, the disciples and in the passage Catherine read, he, he told the disciples, I'm about to go to heaven. And when I go, then the Holy Spirit's coming down. And the Spirit will be upon you and empower you to be witnesses. You'll be my witness. You'll be telling others what you've seen and heard and experienced in me. Inviting them to come join us. And you'll be doing that. You'll go do that at home. You'll do that across the street. You'll do it across the sea. You'll do it to the ends of the earth. And then the next chapter, Acts chapter 2, we call the day of Pentecost. Then Jesus Jesus has ascended to heaven. And so he's passed the baton to the Holy Spirit. Said, I've done mine, now it's your turn. And the Holy Spirit's going to come down. And in, in an upper room gathered in Jerusalem, there are 120 Jesus followers. That is the church in that day. 120 people. And the Spirit comes upon them. And it's a rushing wind, we're told, in this room. And then there's a flames, tongues of fire that come upon each one of the 120 And those tongues of fire, the power anoints them. Then each one are spiritually given a gift in that moment of speaking a different language. And those 120 then flood into the streets of Jerusalem during the Feast of Pentecost so that they can speak the love of God in Jesus Christ and invite others to to come and join them in the language of the people that's around them so that they can hear. I mean, that's, that's what we were at our very birth. So we see that continuing even today. So again, the, the point here is that you have job security in the work of God's kingdom. Because you have unique and particular gifts that, that are a part of what God is doing in and through us. Here at our homes, in our workplaces, across the street, across the sea, and even to the ends of the earth. Now, um, so, so hear that. You're necessary. My old football coach used to say, who actually this is a little aside, uh, but he, he just coached his last football game last week. Yeah, yeah. So I played high school football for Coach Anderson in the 80s, early 80s, actually even late 70s. And he just retired. Winning as coach in uh, Alabama high school history. I guess part of that might, might just be longevity. Um, but he was at the... Same uh, same high school for over uh, 40 years. Um, but he used to say, a chain is as strong as its weakest link. There, there you go. And you know how that makes sense, right? You know, chain, pull a chain, wherever the weakest link is, that's where it's going to snap. Well, when he said that, that, that meant shudder. Run, hide, somehow. Because what Coach Anderson was about to do is to point out how one player on the team did not fulfill their assignment. And how the play failed because of that. And I can remember vividly uh, a day when I got the Weakest Link Award. And um, it was Blue 52. Well, Blue meant pass. 
well, I just didn't hear that. And I just heard 52, which is a running play. And I, I blocked the guy I was thought I was supposed to block. And Greg Smith, the quarterback, he goes running around and he gets not just tackled, but obliterated, engulfed by some defensive end that's out there. And um, that's the guy that I'm supposed to block. And so Coach Anderson probably, we were watching film. The whole team's there and he, the weakest link award, and then he just plays that play over and over again. And you see uh, me blocking who I thought I was supposed to block and the guy I was supposed to block obliterating Greg Smith over and over and over again. But the point is, you know, there's 11 players on the football team and 10 of the players were doing their thing. And one of them on that play wasn't. And it was a disaster. And so the point is that all of us, all of us are absolutely necessary, even even in the most insignificant ways, because even on that play, you you probably know what a quarterback is. On a football team. Even if you don't like football, even if you don't even know how to spell it, you, you probably have an idea of football, of quarterback, what that means. But when I, I say, well, um, there's, uh, when I say right guard, you probably think of male deodorant before you think of a football player, right? But that's what I was. I was the right guard. You know, and most of you are like, well, what does that mean? Where exactly does that play and go? But, you can see, even though nobody really knows about it, it's still just as significant as the quarterback. Every part is significant. So you have job security in God's workplace. You're needed. The Holy Spirit has gifted you uniquely and perfectly for this time. And If you trust, follow, believe in Jesus, and that means the Holy Spirit's within you, because you can't believe, trust, and follow Him without the Spirit within you, and that means He has gifted you for the the work of of ministry at this time. Now, um, just as we have job security, then, in, in the work of the Spirit, we also have investment security. And and those flow uh, one with the other. You know, even in our, in our lives, we we work uh, we work in our jobs, and uh, we hope that we planned well, and we save money, you know, for our retirement, for when we work and don't get paid, right, um, by an employer. But we hope those those investments that we make, whether it's in stocks or whatever else it might be, that those will help us and help pay for uh, our lives and expenses. In, um, in our future when we're not working. But those investments that we make, there's, there's no guarantee. What we hope, we make them and they, they may even make money. Well, we, we certainly hope they don't lose money and, and it bottom out in some way. Like poor Roy Renard. Roy Renard worked for a company, this is in the, uh, uh, late, nineties, uh, 2000, but he worked for a company called Enron. For 35 years, uh, he was he he he. And Enron was a uh, uh, it was a, a an energy company. Roy worked the lines, the electric lines. He worked the poles, not the political ones, but the electrical ones. You know, he he worked that for 35 years, and he was um, 54 at the time. And at that time, he he had been dutifully investing, and he he'd been investing in Enron. Because the company talked about how much it was growing, how good it was, and how healthy it was. And, and he 
believed it and saw it and invested all of his money in there. And in 2000, when he was 54 years old, he had $470,000 that he had saved. And in 2001, at 55, after Enron went bankrupt, he had $40,000 saved. Lost over 90% of his investment, $430,000. And if you added up all that all the employees of Enron lost because they had invested in, it was over $850 million. I don't even have a way to grasp that much money. But that's um, what happened. And what we want to be sure to avoid. Uh, both in that retirement. But also with investing our very lives. We want to be sure we're investing our lives in that. That will never. That, that, that the return is guaranteed. And, and, may, and investments uh, according to God's plan. Never lose their value. Jesus said this in the the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Investments made according to God's plan never lose their value. They have an eternal, a forever value. And the Holy Spirit enables us to invest our lives into this perfect product, this guaranteed return. Now, uh, you know, I'm not going to put this on the screen, and, but you can uh, look, look it up later if, if you like. But in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul talks uh, about this even more, and even more specifically about how we invest our lives um, in, in different things. And, and the call is to, for us to invest our lives in the work of God uh, around us. And um, what he's uh, saying here to the church in Corinth is that um, as the that we as the church, we the people of, of, of God, they're following Jesus, we are the church. And the work we want to do in our lives is to build on the foundation of Jesus. Um, so uh, again, this is first, those that are note takers and want to look back, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest for the day, the the judgment day, will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Now, in that passage, what, what Paul is, is getting at, he's, he's, he's uh, comparing our work uh, to six different elements. You know, to gold, silver, precious, um, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw. And he's saying our lives, that we invest our lives in, the, the work that we do in, in our lives on the foundation of Jesus. Then there's a judgment. 
And Peter says the same thing about, you know, the judgment begins with the household of God. And he compares that judgment to fire. And he says, as those six elements go through the fire, some will be refined. They'll survive the fire. They'll even be refined by it. And that's the gold, the silver, the precious stones. Other, like wood, hay, and straw, they'll be destroyed. Because that that work is not in alignment with, with God's plan. It's not contributing to God's work on earth. But he makes it clear, but all who are in Jesus will be saved, but through uh, fire. Now, Jesus and Paul call these rewards or or these treasures. I'm calling them investments. And what I really want to focus on here is just is the, the great news of as we give, as we are gifted by God, fulfilling the job that God has given us and investing our lives into the work of God around us, then we know our that our investment is guaranteed. To return to us. It will survive even the judgment. It will even be refined in the judgment. And we'll celebrate then for all of eternity. Uh, Andrew Murray, uh, a Christian a long, long time ago, uh, had a great quote about this. says, the world asks how much and what does a person have? Jesus wants to know how you use what you have. Our, our investment is secure as we invest in the work that God is doing in and through us and around us. And I think that's why at the end of, of the, Paul's letter to the church in Corinth, in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58, he says this, Therefore, my beloved brothers, immovable, Always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. The the gifting of the Holy Spirit gives you job security and the, the power of the Holy Spirit enables you to work in the work of God in our midst so that our labor is never in vain. And then finally... Uh, final, our final security is the eternal security of our lives that are that is in Jesus. Um, uh, from the words of Jesus in the Gospel of John, chapter six, verse thirty-five through forty. Again, Jesus here is talking to his disciples, and Jesus said to them, "I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger." And whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I've come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he's given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in Him should have eternal life. And I will raise Him up on the last day. Yeah, what, what Jesus is, is showing here is what actually we've been talking about all along. That Jesus is demonstrating the job security He had and the investment security that He had. He's, he's saying that Jesus is committed to doing the will of the God, of the, of the Father, to, to doing the, the work of, of God, the, the Father that has given to him. And he perfectly models for us a life committed to the work of God. And then God the Father demonstrates through Jesus just how faithful he is that not a single person 
that comes to Jesus is lost. Every investment has a secure return in the work of Jesus. And Jesus' work is his life, his death, his resurrection. And he secures anyone and everyone who believes in him. Life with God forever is secure in Jesus. So we see modeled in Jesus then this job security and investment security and life security for all of us. As Paul says in the end of Romans 8, there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. It is the steadfast, dogged commitment of Jesus to to rescue us and the faithfulness, eternal faithfulness of God to secure that rescue for all who are in him. So in Jesus Christ, in the power of the Holy Spirit, we have job security, investment security, and life security. Eternal security in Him. This is the great news of the gospel. A couple, just a couple closing comments here. One, if that, the words, uh, a word particularly to those that may be Searching or, or the, searching for meaning, searching for that security, searching for that, that purpose. And you resonated. You resonated when, when you heard the phrase that you will not labor in vain. But because you don't want to waste your life. And maybe you're having a feeling of that, that uncertainty, that chaos, especially in this time. What do I give my life to? What do I invest my life in? How do I invest it in what is truly valuable? That, that, that's the message of the scriptures. That's the message of Jesus. Why he says, here are the treasures that moth and rust, nothing this earth can destroy. Here are the, me- the treasures that can never be stolen from you. Here is what to give your life. Two, the the work of God in this world, in your life, and wherever you might be, whether it's your home, your workplace, your community, across the street, across the sea, to the ends of the earth. God wants that for every one of you, that sense of security, that that sense of, of laboring with purpose, giving yourself to what is meaningful. And in the power of the Holy Spirit, he will give that to everyone who believes and trusts in Jesus. And and, uh, we here at College Hill Presbyterian Church, we we don't have this down perfectly. We're we're on this journey with you. And we invite you to join us. We we have tasted that. We have experienced that in in ways that we give ourselves to the work of God. And felt that fulfillment and that sense of, of not laboring in vain. And we invite you to come join us as we seek to know and love and follow Jesus closer and closer and closer. Because as we see in the passage that I just read, that, that he lived this perfect in love and emulation of him. And so we invite you, if you have that same longing, that same desire to come hang out with us, whether it's online or uh, whether if it's here with us or whenever that might um, be. Because we're committed 
to seeking to be that kind of community that seeks to be like Jesus. We, we've tasted, we know that work is meaningful. We know that job is, is secure, that, that a life invested in that it gives purpose. So we want to do the work that the Father has now sent us to do in the power of the Spirit, and we invite you to join with us. Because we've tasted that there is real joy, there is real satisfaction in knowing that we have this security, that our work, our job is secure, our investments are secure, our very lives are secure. And, And having that security... Having that security, when we experience it, when we're living in it, it frees us. It frees us to love. It it frees us to a life of generosity. To to truly a life of freedom in Him. Now, for all of us, I want to leave you with just two, a couple questions and one, one assignment. One, one, one of the questions is, how, I want you to still reflect and consider, how do you experience this security in your life? Where are places that you, you've experienced that, that what I've called job or investment or life security? And how have you experienced, how does that encourage you? How does that motivate you? Experience of that, um, and just in uh, a way, it, it gave me a security. Knowing I was secure and God gave me a security to own up to an individual of an error that I made, a, a mistake, a way that I did not um, uh, engage with them in a way that was um, uh, fruitful, in a, in a way that was honoring to Jesus. And in, in a way, knowing I'm secure in Jesus gave me the security to step up and to speak up and to say that directly to their face, which brought great freedom and um, honesty in our relationship. But what are ways? You, you might be other, other ways um, that uh, you experience that security that, that really does encourage and motivate you. And then the other other questions on the other side. What ways do you forget that sense of security? What robs you of that eternal security that you have in Jesus Christ? And how does that impact um, your your life? I can I can say for you that every Sunday morning I that um, that I'm preaching, I go through of talking to God because I'm. Always uh, wondering, filled with anxiety. And I know many of you say, oh, it doesn't show. Well, it's there. <laughs> um, it's the screen. It helps me, protect me. Um, uh, but every, then eventually, every Sunday I come back to the place, hopefully sooner rather than later, I've said, oh yeah, this is your word. This is the work of your spirit. This is the work that you're going to do. So I can be freed of that anxiety and give myself fully to it, knowing that you're the one that will cause the growth and that my labor will not be in vain. So what are the ways then as well that you can forget to that sense of, of security and need to be reminded of it? And then finally, my assignment uh, for the week is to memorize. I want you to memorize that passage in Matthew 6. Matthew six nineteen through 21. Don't lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, or don't lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves can't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, 
There your security will be also. Let's pray.